listening to The Extra Point Show, covering national sports stories with a little Baltimore bias. In sports, extra is always better. Welcome to The Extra Point Show, everybody, on this snowy, dreary Thursday afternoon where we had to almost die to get here. Uh, JD, I'm Basilios. JD, my co-host, is sitting right next to me. What's up, guys? How you doing today? Uh, Blake, behind the... (laughs) Damn, behind... I know I can't. (laughs) Behind the proverbial glasses, Blake. Thank you, Blake. Uh, So we are going to break down some Raven stuff today. We'll get into fantasy football. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of Le'Veon Bell discussion because that happened this week. That was probably the biggest story in the NFL. Just Absolutely. everybody was discussing about it. And we'll have our prediction segment, and then we'll move on to the Nabro segment, which yeah. we have some fun with every week. So uh, <laughs> let's start with a little bit of Ravens preview. Uh, we kind of we kind of touched on this last week, yeah, and we Joe Flacco might not play on on Sunday. And a good friend of mine, uh, Kyle Andrews, who we had on the show before. He reported today that Flacco was not on crutches, nor was he favoring his nor hip. Was favoring his hip, yeah, and which is a step in the right direction. But from what I understand, his locker was not touched today, so it looks like Joe Flacco will not be practicing today, especially with the harsh conditions outside. They, mm-hmm. I mean, I understand the the uh, landscaping guys over at the castle are probably really good about keeping snow off the practice field so oh of course of course uh, i just i think i personally don't want lamar to start but if he starts so be it i if joe is not ready to go i will gladly take rg3 over him what's your take man i would rather i i would rather go with rg3 just because again you're basically putting out lamar jackson as i said last week you're putting out lamar jackson you know he's wet behind the ears he really doesn't know um, he doesn't know, I guess, what it's like to play in this heavy NFL environment yet, I don't think. I don't think he's really just ready to start. I think what they were doing beforehand, they were using him in short little bursts. They were using him for certain plays every single game, trying to build up his stamina, trying to get him ready for the games. Right. But you're putting him in, and you're putting him in again in the home stadium, against a division rival, a very tough division rival, and this I'm not going to this is kind of like a make or break season, a make or break game for the season. Right. Because our schedule is not going to get easier past this. No. And no. it starts with it starts with the Bengals. Now, what I will say is that from what I've seen so far in all the games that he's played I haven't seen him pass, really. I've seen him run, so I know he's mobile. I know he can get away from danger, and I know he's able to read plays. My only concern is that I haven't seen him pass a lot. I don't know how he's going to be able to handle that, especially since he wasn't really known as a passer. He was more as a runner, especially in Lou- at Louisville. So I don't know how he passes. I don't know how that's going to go. I'd rather right. trust RG3, even though he hasn't been out of the game for two plus, almost two years. I trust RG3. He knows how to play in the NFL. He, from what we saw in the preseason, he looked really good in the preseason. He yeah, knows he the system. He knows the system. He knows what to do. And I think that having RG3 there just for just for this game, 
I will say. If you have RG3 starting just for this game, and then, you know, evaluate how Joe Flacco is, you know, over the week or over these next two weeks, if we if we don't start him against the Cincinnati Bengals, I think that's going to be really good. One of those, one of the things I believe is that the Bengals are reeling right now, man. They're mm -hmm. they have been absolutely decimated their last few games. They're sitting at five and four right now. They have their record is an exact flop of the Raven, flip flop of the Ravens. They're this is this is the perfect time for. Joe Flacco not to start, if you will. Yeah. I think I think the Ravens could get away with that with just how bad the Bengals' defense has been. Now, the Bengals fired the defensive coordinator, Terrell Austin, last week. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, Marvin Lewis is taking over defensive play-calling duties. So, And they brought in Hugh Jackson from the <laughs> Cleveland Browns. They brought in Hugh Jackson. As a, what was it, a special assistant? Or? Special assistant to the head coach. <laughs> Which all of my friends were making office jokes saying the, the assistant to the regional manager. Dwight Schrute. Yeah. <laughs> here's, here's my thing. I think this is going to be good. Part of me is scared. Part of me is scared because I think this is going to be good. If you look at what he d used to do in Cincinnati, he, as, in terms of offense, he was pretty damn good. He really he was pretty damn good. And I will say, I, I do have to agree with you. They're reeling because they got slacked yes, by New Orleans. Yes, they did. Like New Orleans put up yards, numbers, and I don't think I've ever seen Cincinnati manhandled like that in a while. Like they've at least put up a fight usually between, like especially the losses, they put up a fight. You see that they not necessarily come back, but they, you know, they haven't, they've gone down swinging. Right. Against New Orleans, they were just gone. And they were beaten. I mean, again, again, the New Orleans Saints look like a Super Bowl contending team. They look like they could go to the Super Bowl right now and essentially represent the, N the NFC. But you would think that Cincinnati put, would put up a better fight. You really would. And I, that's the one thing I think is that the Bengals are good against the average teams, much like the Baltimore Ravens. And you could say a lot... A lot of the same for the teams in the AFC North, except maybe the Steelers right now, who showed the Carolina Panthers who's boss last week. Yeah. And the Cincinnati Bengals last had a loss as bad as the as bad as one they had against the Saints just the other day against the Kansas City Chiefs back on October 21st, where they lost 45 to 10 to Patrick Mahomes in that extremely high-powered offense. Right. I think, but again, that I mean, again for Kansas City, their offense makes up for their defense because their defense is garbage. So you would think that maybe again, you would think that maybe Cincinnati would put up more of a fight because their defense has not been proven. Kansas City's defense has not been proven at all. No, you're absolutely right. I, I think though, the problem the Ravens will run into is that both teams, the Chiefs and the Saints, can run the ball. Both have Chiefs have Kareem Hunt. The Saints have Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. The Ravens have Alex Collins, Buck Allen, Kenneth Dixon, Ty Montgomery, Delance Turner. So I, I think I think the Ravens will run into issues here, and this is it's going to be. The Ravens are going to try to not let what happened in that first Thursday night game of the season. They're not going to let that 
happen again. Right. I think I think the defense is going to be ready. They're playing at home in M&T Bank Stadium, although that didn't that didn't help them against the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, no, it didn't. And this this is just going to be one of those ground and pound games where both teams are going to be throwing punches in the trenches, and it's going to get real nasty real fast. It's going to be very very physical, and I'm looking forward to seeing how. I'm really going to look forward to seeing how our running game does. I mean, I get I, our passing game is the same, but it's I really want to see how good the running game is going to be because you're going to add Ty Montgomery now. So I really want to see how he's going to be used, if he's going to be used for maybe kick returns. That's going to be hilarious if he fumbles again. But uh, It's not going to be as hilarious as we thought it was when he was with the Packers. Probably not. But it's going to be interesting to see how they use Ty Montgomery. Because are you, are you going to slide him behind Collins? Are you going to start him ahead of Collins? Like, what are you going to do for Ty Montgomery? I think he's going to he's going to take snaps away from Buck Allen, honestly, because Buck Allen is a very similar back in terms of play style. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buck Allen is a little bit bigger, and he can run through people. He can't really run around people. But Montgomery has the hands because he's a former wide receiver. Right. And he can dance around people. He has the speed in the open field to be able to make things happen I think he's going to be he's going to take over that third down the third down back the third down back responsibilities uh, it just depends on if the Bengals decide to pay enough attention to him or not if and, uh, AJ Green is not playing again this weekend against the the Baltimore Ravens which is another thing I wanted to touch on so the Ravens and we you and I discussed this on on Saturday last week mm-hmm. John Ross didn't do anything no, Tyler he, Boyd didn't do anything. Which I was actually kind of surprised. I, I was really surprised that they didn't do anything. It just shows you. I think. I think a big reason for Tyler Boyd's success this season is because AJ Green gets all the focus. And I know that's a big thing with all these big name receivers. Mm-hmm. But if AJ Green's not there, it's fairly easy to take an average wide receiver and shut him down for a game. Yeah, it's very. I mean, because you're so focused on with Cincinnati you're so focused on AJ Green that you know a lot like John Ross and Tyler Boyd they're going to fly under the radar and they might get big numbers and they might put they might get big yards and they might put up a whole lot of touchdowns because you're not focused on them as much as you're focused on AJ Green so it's it's gonna come probably to see on Sunday because he's uh, AJ Green is listed as questionable so it's going to really see whether or not AJ Green plays, and if he does not play, then it's we're really going to have to pay attention to Tyler Boyd and John Ross because again, John Ross is a speedster. Mm. Tyler Boyd, I feel like, is a little bit underrated, and you take your eye off the ball against them, they're going to burn you for yards, they're going to burn you for touchdowns, and then you're behind and you're going to essentially have to rely on your offense to pick it up, but you're going to have to get your defense back on focus. Right. So, uh, Another thing I wanted to get at, and we're discuss- as we're discussing who the Ravens should, look- should pay attention to in regards to the Bengals wide receivers, Eric Weddle was being interviewed yesterday at-, at one of his press conferences, and he mentioned that he does not think Marlon Humphrey is an elite cornerback. Hmm. Now, he... The exact words he used were that Humphrey has too many lapses in a game and has to work on a lot of things, but he thinks he can get there eventually. Well, now, 
now here here's where I where I get an issue. Okay? Right. Okay. Eric Weddle is thirty some odd years old, and he here he is talking about a guy in his early twenties saying he doesn't think he or calling him out for having lapses in his game, while Eric Weddle at this point can be construed as being one of the worst players on that Baltimore defense right now because of slowness. Age. Age, and it's just, he has had plenty of lapses in his game too. Like he, he, he doesn't realize he isn't as fast as he used to be, right. so he gets beat over the top time after time after time. Right. So the, thing, the fact that he's talking about Humphrey, a kid with what seems like a very high ceiling, that, that's, that's, what, that's what just throws me through a loop right there, that you have a veteran on, on this team who is deliberately taking a shot at one of his teammates. Right, and I mean, you're, he was, the thing about Marlon Humphrey, um, he was drafted in 2017. Yep. And he's 22 years old. Correct. He's 22 years old, he was drafted in 2017, he only has a year of experience. So essentially what I find from Eric Weddle is that he's basically saying, you need to pick up and you need to learn the game off bat. Right. Which is hard. I mean, I get that he went to Alabama, and Alabama is known for putting out some very top prospects, but it's a very hard transition going from college to professional. It's a whole lot larger of a leap. Right. It, I don't, like, just from, like, it's different from high school to college, it's a whole lot different from college to the NFL. Cool. And you're expecting a 22-year-old to go out and perform at a high level. Now, granted, I am going to say that he has a lot of veterans around him to learn, especially at the cornerback, free safety, and safety position. You have guys like Eric Weddle. You have guys like Anthony Levine Sr. You have guys like Jimmy Smith, who arguably, if he didn't get injured or if he didn't get suspended, would be hands down probably... I'm not going to say hands down, but he would probably be a top cornerback in the league. Right. So you have And he's shown the potential to be. Of course. So you, And you have another cornerback, uh, Brandon Carr, who's also, uh, who's also, he's a serviceable cornerback. Yeah. So you have players like those, and you have those veterans, so I can understand where you're saying, okay, I need you to focus more on who we are as veterans. I need you to pay attention to what we do. I need you to pay attention to you know, our style, the, the stylistic play, because you could say that Baltimore's defense is the one strong suit that we've had in God knows how many years. I mean, God, especially when we won in 2001, it was our defense. So I, I just think, I think this is, he, Eric Weddle just needs to shut up. He just needs to keep his head down, start making plays himself. I understand he's a veteran on this team and he's done plenty in the past, but as of right now, he has absolutely no room to, to throw blame at anybody else and deflect blame. He has played poorly this season and so has his, his defensive backfield mate, Tony Jefferson. Mm -hmm. uh, both safeties have been subpar for the Ravens and the corners have been the lone bright spot for this team and they've been oft injured. So with that, we're gonna head to our fantasy football segment. All right. For some, it's just fantasy football. But for us, it's as real as it gets. So, uh, I pulled up the, the Week 11 quarterback rankings here. And so, it's no surprise to anybody that the top two quarterbacks are Jared Goff 
and Pat Mahomes. So Jared Goff is going to be excellent this week simply because they're going against the Chiefs defense. Yeah. And the Los Angeles Rams defense hasn't been too great either because a lot of their games have ended in shootouts recently. Yes. So both those guys, if you have them on your team, must starts. Uh, one of oh, some quarterbacks that I think will be worth a start this week are Dak Prescott at Atlanta and uh, Josh Rosen at Oakland versus Oakland. Uh, Oakland is just bad, and Josh Rosen is going to get his get his start there. And so I think I, I know I said the same thing last week about Josh Rosen going against the Chiefs defense, but, right. and it didn't really work out, mm-hmm. but. This is an Oakland Raiders team that has been sputtering, to say the least. Right. Uh, as for running backs, the number one running back this week, Todd Gurley against Kansas City. Uh, number two and three, respectively, are Melvin Gordon versus Denver and Saquon Barkley versus Tampa Bay. Uh, sleeper pick uh, is Dion Lewis at Indianapolis. Yeah. For folks that have given up on the Titans running backs this season. Mm-hmm. Another good one is it could possibly be uh, Naheem Hines against Tennessee, the the running back for the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. I got, uh, I will say, and I know I feel like it's sacrilegious, but if you possibly have him on your fantasy league, uh, start Ben Roethlisberger. He's facing Jacksonville, who has been reeling. That's Jacksonville, true. especially it, coming off of that win against Carolina last week. Exactly, uh, Jacksonville's defense has not looked what it was last year, where we all thought that their defense was top in the uh, was top in the league. Jacksonville is reeling, and mm-hmm. Big Ben is probably going to have himself a field day. Um, himself, himself, <laughs> uh, he's going to have a field day. Um, I also think a uh, sleeper pick is probably going to be Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is been quietly having a sort of MB- MVP caliber season. I would agree. I think the LA Chargers have been a very eye-opening surprise because I don't think anybody realized how good the Chargers could be yeah. behind, you know, that offensive line, Melvin Gordon, uh, Phillip Rivers has been going off. So uh, they're facing uh, Denver at home. So I think that's going to be good. I don't think Denver Denver's defense was potent, but right. I don't think it is uh, anymore. Um, in terms of running backs, I got uh, I got David Johnson. David Johnson and the Cardinals are going against Oakland. And it would be a whole lot easier to say if they still had um, if they still had the Khalil Mack, I would say, yeah, don't use David Johnson. But I mean, look at what Oakland has been recently. Oakland has been barrel of the bottom and they're probably going to get a top. I don't, I don't think I don't think the Raiders are particularly bad. I think we did a good job trading Khalil Mack to the Bears. L- listen, Mr. Gruden, I don't understand uh what the heck you're doing. But um See, neither do I, but it's football and football <laughs> comes to all of us in split seconds and I promise I'll make it work. I swear. I'll do better in Las Vegas 2 years from now, I promise. What you need to do is you need to make good use of your three first round picks because if you don't, you screw over these fans. I'm going to I'm going to draft three defensive linemen and everybody's going to love them. <laughs> yeah, let's hope for that. These are, these guys are going to be football guys. <laughs> 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 I'm done. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I think 
David Johnson of Arizona against Oakland. And I'm also going to do another sleeper surprise Mm -hmm. in Adrian Peterson. I understand he's listed as questionable, but Adrian Peterson has turned back the clock. He really has. He's been pretty decent the last few weeks. I think Washington, I don't, and I understand what Washington was looking for when they signed him in the offseason. I mean, I get it. I understand it. And I don't think anybody realized how much juice Adrian Peterson left at his age. But again, he's essentially what I call him. He's like Benjamin Buttoning because he did have that year off. He did. For his injury. So, and that's not an injury that most running backs can come back from and still produce at a high level. So, I think even though he's facing Houston, I think it's going to be at home. It's going to be at home in Washington, D.C., so uh, in Washington. So, I think that Adrian Peterson is going to be a sleeper pick for a lot of people in terms of running back. Uh, personally, for so we get, we get to wide receivers now, and uh, the top three are Mike Thomas against... Philadelphia, Tyreek Hill against the Rams, and Odell Beckham against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I'm going to tell you, you guys should go with any wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs going against that Rams defense. And if you're playing daily fantasy, your best option there might be against, or might might be taking Sammy Watkins of the Kansas City Chiefs against the LA Rams. Watkins has been on and off for the for the Chiefs this season, but when he's on. Man, he is definitely on. He's a perfect foil for the speedster Tyreek Hill. Uh, Watkins has seriously improved his route running over the last couple of years since coming into the NFL with the Buffalo Bills back in 2014. I think I think he's going to be he's going to have a quite the day along with Tyreek Hill. I think all of those receivers are going to have. You can't go wrong with starting any of them. No. Between between Tyreek, between Sammy Watkins. Between Chris Conley, between Travis Kelsey, the tight end, who we're who I'm probably going to talk about, literally moving from wide receiver to tight end. So I think I think it'll be quite the go, and I think I think a sleeper pick for me might be Anthony Miller of the Chicago Bears going against that Minnesota defense. Now the Minnesota defense has been good, but Anthony Miller over the last three games has compiled three touchdowns and 200 yards. So he is going. He is a he is a producer. He will probably get you at least double-digit points if you need a wide receiver. If one of yours is on bye, I know this week. Uh, which teams are on bye? I can look that up right now. We got the Bills, Browns, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets, and 49ers on bye. So if you're relying on guys like Jarvis Landry, if you're relying on guys like Devonte Parker, Kenny Stills, maybe a guy like Julian Edelman or. Chris Hogan, maybe Gronkowski if he's if Gronk, yeah, yeah, if he's healthy, and then uh, the Jets have Robbie Anderson, the 49ers have Marquise Goodwin, so all those guys are on by on by this week. So you're gonna want to go and you want to try to dig through the trash heap, if you will, <laughs> to try to find these diamonds in the rough. Yeah. So uh, who, um, who who you got this week for a sleeper um, pick? Uh, for my sleeper pick, I'm going to say. I gotta say Alshon Jeffrey of the Philadelphia Eagles because okay. as as much as I say as he's probably gonna get matched up with Marshawn Lattimore, who is again a top cornerback in the league, I will say that. But outside of like Marshawn Lattimore, uh there's the Saints uh secondary isn't really that good. The Saints secondary is is middle of the pack at best. Right. And I think that Carson Wentz is gonna have a field day with that. I think that he's going to want, I'm not going to say he's going to want the deep ball, but 
if he can get Alshon Jeffrey, maybe a Golden Tate, if you know, because he's going to have that weapon too, uh, Nelson Aguilar as well. But I feel that Alshon Jeffrey is probably going to get out uh, out a whole lot more. I think maybe probably Marshawn Lattimore is going to be focusing more on Golden Tate. So I think that Alshon Jeffrey is probably going to have a field day as my sleeper pick. I also want to look at Mike Evans against the New York Giants. Now I don't think Mike Evans is a sleeper pick, but I see where you're coming from. Right, <laughs> right. I don't think that. I don't think the reason why I say he's a sleeper pick is because most people are. You're going to pay attention to your Antonio Browns, your Odell Beckham's, your right. Julio Jones. He's a tier below that. Yeah. Right. He's a tier below that. Mike Evans is a very good wide receiver. Yes. And I think he's gonna he's gonna have a field day with uh he's gonna have a field day with that Giants defense. Absolutely. Their defense is god awful, and he's going to have a field day and. I mean, you're looking at Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick, who Fitzmagic is back, even though they're kind of struggling. I mean, they only scored six points last week. Right, and it, and it was against Washington, so it's kind of. Yeah. But it's I mad, would rather yeah. I would rather I would rather start Fitzmagic than James Winston. But that's beside the point. But I think Mike Evans is going to. It's 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 an underrated pick. He's a tier below, but I think he's going to be sleeper just because. You're going to be paying attention to all those big names. Mike Evans is going against the New York Giants defense. So I think that's probably going to be something that you really need to look out for and start him. Got it. All right, so moving on to tight end, we're not going to, we're not going to really bother on kicker and defense this week. <laughs> uh, so Travis Kelsey, Greg Olson, and Zach Ertz round out the top three. Thankfully, which, I have Ertz. So I'll uh, I have Olson and O.J. Howard, who uh, is going up against the Giants this weekend. Uh, my sleeper pick for this week is Ricky Seals-Jones, the tight end for the Arizona Cardinals going up against the Oakland Raiders. And Seals-Jones has been has been a safety blanket for Arizona quarterbacks for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a couple of breakout moments last year, and if Josh Rosen can find him, I mean, it's pretty hard not to find a 6'5", big body like that streaking across the field. Yeah. So... Uh, just hit him in stride, and you'll be fine, Josh. Just listen, just listen to my advice. <laughs> so I, I think Ricky Seals-Jones is, is my guy this week. Although he's ranked 12th in tight ends, tight ends are are one of those one of those uh, crapshoot positions for fantasy football. And I guarantee people would choose Jordan Reed, Jared Cook, or C.J. Uzoma before they would choose Ricky Seals-Jones. So I'm taking I'm taking Seals-Jones as my sleeper pick this week. No, I, I that's an actually an interesting pick. In terms of tight ends, I'm going to say <clears throat> what I want to say, and there are two different ones, okay? The first one I'm going to say is Jack Doyle from the Ooh. Indianapolis Colts. Really? Even with Eric Ebron there? Here's the thing. I think that a lot of people are going to pay attention to Ebron because Ebron has been, he's been talking a good game and he's been backing it up. But here's the thing about... Here's the thing about Jack Doyle. They Jack Doyle is underrated in terms of a tight end. If they didn't bring in Eric Ebron, if you saw what he did last year, if you saw what Andrew Luck was able not Andrew not last year, but if you Jacoby saw what he did previously of last uh, with Jacoby Brissett, if you saw what Jack Doyle put up in terms of numbers, he was very very quiet, but he was still very productive. Right. And I think that a lot of people are going to end up paying because T. Y. Hilton Hilton is not really doing a lot, and a lot of people are going to pay attention to T. Y. Hilton. A lot of people are going to pay attention to Eric Ebron, especially since that's his that's Andrew Luck's most trusted target, which is saying something because you have T. Y. Hilton. Right. So I think Jack. Doyle Doyle is kind of a sleeper pick, 
I think that uh, he's facing against the Tennessee Titans, which, I mean, Tennessee's good in terms of their defense. I'd say they're, like, they're, they're middle of the pack, I will say hey, that. And they beat the Patriots last week. Oh, of course, but, and, and that is saying something, especially since, you know, Butler was out for blood. <laughs> so, um, but I think so that... So was Mike Vrabel. Yes, very much so. But I think that Jack Doyle is going to be a sleeper pick in terms of Tennessee. Um, I also want to say... Possibly Jared Cook. Even though even though Jared Cook off the Oakland Raiders. Here's the thing. You're facing the Arizona Cardinals mm-hmm. at Arizona. Right. The thing is, is that your team has not been very good. To say, to the, say least. the least. <laughs> to say the least. To be perfectly honest with you. But Jared Cook, I feel... They're all football guys. Man, football guys that are not winning you football games, and that's the end goal, isn't it, Gruden? But I think that I think that Derek Carr is going to try and target him more. I think that I don't really trust their defense. I really don't. I think that, you know, the only person who I do trust on the Arizona defense is uh, Patrick Patterson. <laughs> like, and he, I mean, he's going to be going against, I don't even know who they have at wide receiver anymore in Oakland. I really don't. But, I mean. It doesn't I, matter. Pretty much. Martavis Bryant. Who? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so, but I think that uh, Jared Cook is going to have a field day against Arizona's defense. I really do. And I think that Derek Carr is going to be looking at him and saying, okay, you are wide open. Because he's probably going to be wide open. I don't think anybody can really stop him. Right. On that defense. Well, what do you think about James O'Shag Hennessy? <laughs> <laughs> that, that if you if you didn't pay attention to last week's <laughs> last week's podcast, we we, we kind of we weren't we, we people on it. We had a field day. We, we really did, and uh, there was there was a quality nah bro segment. But uh, that brings us into our our fantasy football segment. So let's get into predictions for this week. No one can ever be a hundred percent right, but we're gonna try anyway. Here are this week's predictions. Wow. Um, my top my top game is going to be the Eagles at the Saints. I think that Carson Wentz, even though he hasn't been proving what he was before his injury, I think Carson Wentz is slowly going to start to get in more of a groove. I think that, you know, you still have Drew Brees. You got Drew Brees and Michael Thomas who have surprisingly – uh, connected on 90% of the passes between each other. So every 90% of the passes Drew, Bree- Drew Brees throws to Michael Thomas, he makes, which is incredible. I think that maybe possibly the addition of Brandon Marshall is going to maybe help out that wide receiving core right. a little bit. Um, I, I have to say that, again, don't trust, don't really trust the Saints defense too much. Um, because their secondary gets shredded. Uh, the Eagles are going to have more of a rapport of Wentz and Golden Tate. Um, I feel like this is going to be a shootout as well. I feel like the Saints are going to end up taking it because it's going to be in New Orleans and that dome is going to be rocking. Right. I think the Saints are going to uh, end up improving and the Saints are going to win 45-38. to 38. All right. Uh, my second game is going to be the Vikings at the Chicago Bears. And I'm I think the Bears are going to win that one. I think it's gonna be incredibly difficult for the Vikings to get anything going against that Bears defense, especially if Khalil Mack is at hundred percent. And if the other players in that defense like Adrian Amos, like Leonard Floyd, Danny Trevathan, 
um, Roquan Smith, uh, just all those guys together are, are it's, it's a disgusting defensive front. And I think the Bears are going to win that one. I'm going to say 21 to 14. Um, mm, my next pick is going to be the Titans and the Colts. So hear me out for a second, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I think that most of you are gonna, probably going to be like, <laughs> Titans, Colts, what is that? Like, that's that, that, why would we even care about that? Those are two bottom of the pack, roughly speaking, teams. Well, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I thought this was a smart football podcast. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. We know football, okay? And we're very, very, very educated. So I'm going I'm to drop some knowledge on you right now, okay? So let's look at the Colts and the Titans. Andrew Luck has never lost against the Titans. Nope. He is, he is undefeated, okay? Now, I get the Titans are coming off at an amazing victory, just an absolute shellacking of New England, just 34 to 10. They were out for blood, and they weren't going to stop until they got every single piece of the Patriots, and they were going to leave them just battered and beaten on the ground. Um, but here's the thing. The Colts, ladies and gentlemen, the Colts are on a roll. I don't know if you've noticed this, but four, four game win streak. Colts are on a roll. Like if you if you compare what if you compare what they did if you compare them against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes. Um. What what did what did Jacksonville start out as? Do you know? No. Like, what? No. Not like, at all. Do, do, do you, do you know what do you know what Jacksonville start out it as, ladies and gentlemen? Start out it as start out as. Let, let, <laughs> let's 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 take a look at what Jacksonville. Jacksonville started out in the first four games at three and one, right? And they've been on a five game losing streak, right? Right. Indianapolis started out roughly what, one in five in the first six games? And they've been on one in five. They're on a three game winning streak. They started out one in five. Their only win was against Washington, which they killed. So you have two of the hottest teams essentially right now outside of the Rams, the Chargers, and the New Orleans Saints. Like you can't you can't tell me that t- Tennessee is not looking like they're about to be legend killers and you can't say that Indianapolis the the Indianapolis Colts with uh, Andrew Luck absolutely slinging the ball, which I don't think anybody realized that he was going to come back and be this good and this healthy, which let's see how long that's going to take. Right. But, I mean, you, you, like, Andrew Luck is going to be slinging the ball. I think Tennessee is going to be riding that high that they had against the Patriots. I think that's also going to be a shootout. I think it's going to come down to an Adam Vinatieri kick. I think the Colts are going to win it. Right. I see it being 31-28 Indianapolis. All right, that is that is definitely a good one. And then, last but not least, I'm going to say uh, the last game for us to watch this week is going to be Houston versus the or at the Washington Redskins at FedEx Field, Landover. Uh, I'm looking for Deshaun Watson to continue his streak of seven touchdowns and no interceptions over the last few games. Uh, dude has been lighting it up to DeAndre Hopkins. He's lost Will Fuller, but he's getting Kiki Huti back this week the rookie wide receiver uh, i think i think deshaun watson is going to keep his streak alive and the washington redskins are 
after last week's after last week's 16 to 6 win against the or 16 yeah 16 to 6 win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers they're riding high and they're confident their defense can get it done uh, Josh Norman still leads that defense and I just think I think the Texans are a better team all around especially on the defensive side of the ball where they have Jadavian Clowney JJ Watt Andre Hal uh, Jonathan Joseph they have all these guys I think I think it's going to be a it's going to be a hard fought game I think it's going to be a 17 to 14 victory for the Houston Texans though and also I just wanted to break some news uh, our Ravens insider Kyle Andrews let me know today uh, Ray, so Lamar Jackson is not practicing Wow. Robert Griffin III took all of the reps today. Wow. Joe Flacco nor Lamar Jackson were on the field. Wow. All right, then. So it's looking more like RG3 is going to start. What did did I say? For his first start in – oh, God. Wow. What what, what did I say, Jordan? Oh, Jesus. I told you. I told you it was going to be RG3. Yeah. But – uh, yeah, you did. You were you were absolutely right on that. And I again, I'd rather have RG three over Lamar Jackson right now. I really would. Absolutely. Uh, and I know you got one more game. For I got us. one more game. It's the Steelers and the Jaguars. Now, this has become a classic matchup. It has. So, as I mentioned earlier, the Jaguars are sort of in like a tumble. So they've lost five in a row. Yes. Right. And. The Steelers have won five in a row. So they are in completely two different and I get I get why Pittsburgh is I mean Pittsburgh is on this roll. Granted, Le'Veon Bell has it didn't show up, so he's now decided to forfeit fourteen and a half million. So we'll see what happens in free agency if he gets the money that he wants. But they have all rallied around James Conner. And I mean, James Conner, he's a workhorse. He's a pit kid, uh, went to University of Pittsburgh. They rallied around him, especially with um, he was be- he was diagnosed with leukemia, came back um, and has put on an absolute clinic for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they have rallied around him. Uh, Jacksonville is reeling. They've lost five in a row. Uh, if you if you paid attention to anything recently, um, Jalen Ramsey tweeted actually um, three days ago when I'm gone from here y'all gonna miss me which essentially a lot of people are thinking that he was gonna leave uh, oh he also said I ain't even tripping yeah I ain't even tripping oh well so in case there was any confusion he then tweeted out later uh, for noting he said straight up which everybody thinks he's going to be leaving in the future so Jalen Ramsey is all over the place. Jacksonville is all over the place. And, you know, Jacksonville looks like it's garbage. So many of you would probably be thinking, why would you choose Pittsburgh versus Jacksonville, JD? Why would you do that? Well, I'm going to tell you. Pittsburgh lost him, JD. Pittsburgh lost four times last season. Four. Two of those losses were against Jacksonville. Well, one in the regular season. One in the regular playoffs. season and one in the playoffs. So, thank hmm. you. Five losses. Yes. So, (laughs) so Jacksonville, you handed them two of those losses. I'm going to need you to hand over another one. 
I think I think it's a very it's a very real possibility that the Jaguars do win this week because they have Leonard Fournette back. Yes, and that was their offense has been faltering because because essentially what they TJ were doing. TJ Yeldon cannot replace that kind of production. Leonard Fournette, if you saw if ladies and gentlemen, if you saw what Leonard Fournette de- did at LSU, that production and even before he went down with his injury, Leonard Fournette was sort of like the stir. The, he he basically was what made that offense that offense. Last year in the in the regular season game, regular season matchup where the Jaguars played the Pittsburgh Steelers, if I'm not mistaken, in the closing minutes of the of that game, Leonard Fournette had a 90 yard touchdown run. So uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to give it to Leonard Fournette here, and I think he's going to manhandle the Steelers this week. I mean, the Steelers are are on a resurgence, but they are. Still fairly soft defensively. Yeah, and you're looking at Jacksonville. They're number two overall in total defense and number one against the pass. Yep. And and AJ Boye hasn't even been playing. Exactly. So essentially, you're putting up you know your top receivers and Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, who has been a, like an absolute stud this season. Um, and you're essentially putting James Conner against. Granted, you're putting James Conner in that uh, against that uh, defense. So while I do see that Pittsburgh is going, to, I do see that Pittsburgh is going to have a very rough challenge. I do think that it's going to be a shootout. I think that I what I hope is that Jacksonville comes out with the win, and what it's been previously looked at, Jacksonville has had the Steelers number as of recently, but um, I see Pittsburgh winning in a shootout. I don't see it being a very high-scoring game. I feel like it's going to be low-scoring. I feel like it's going to be 24-21. I don't think it's going to be that big of a shootout. All right. And so that brings us to our final segment. It's time for Nah, Bro. (laughs) What's worthy of the guys Nah, Bro this week? Let's find out. All right, JD. I went first last week. You have the honors this week, my friend. Okay. As I we have like three this week. Yeah, just, we just, do. Just, so JD has one. I have one, and then we're just going to combine for one because it's just so fucking bad. It really is. Like I have never. It. So first, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to start out with what I said earlier in terms of Le'Veon Bell. Now, if you don't know about what happened for Le'Veon Bell, he did not. Return. He did not return to the Steelers by that Tuesday four o'clock deadline, and he ended up forfeiting fourteen and roughly speaking about fourteen and a half million dollars. Right. Right. So, and there were a whole lot of people saying that he looked a whole lot pudgier, which means he was probably like enjoying himself more in Florida and Miami. And you know, he's probably not not the many teams are gonna end up wanting to give him the amount of money that he wants because essentially he's going to be looking at getting Todd Gurley money. Correct. Which Todd Gurley is getting what, twenty something he's getting he's getting a whole lot guaranteed. I think like twenty one million guaranteed. I can money. that for you. Okay. So according to spottrack.com, Todd Gurley is making so he had twenty one uh, twenty-one million nine hundred fifty thousand guaranteed at signing. Okay, so you're so almost twenty-two million. Right. So Le'Veon Bell is probably going to be looking at twenty-two million, either thirty to twenty-five to thirty million dollars guaranteed because yep. he's going to be looking at. I was the best. Forty-five million total guaranteed in this contract. Right. So he's looking at saying, I am roughly speaking the best back in the NFL. 
the amount of care i'm relatively healthy the shelf life for most running backs is about 30 years old so i'm going to be looking at getting the money and you know there's going to be a there's going to be there's only a few teams who are going to be willing to offer him the money they're not essentially good teams i mean you're looking at the jets you're looking at the colts you're looking at the texans which the texans are good but again um and you're looking at teams like the buffalo bills if they still continue to keep LaShawn mccoy and uh, you know subpar teams and that's the thing too a lot of people have been saying hey Le'Veon should be in baltimore next season and i'm like he's <laughs> not going to a division no one. i can promise you that right now no 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 right. but so continue but getting story. back to my getting back guess what happened because Le- when Le'Veon bell did not show up enlighten us the steelers players decided to raid his locker now i have never I don't think I've ever heard that happen before. Never. Never in, like, my wildest dreams would I ever think that a star player gets his stuff robbed by his own teammates. And they put it on video. They put it on video. Like, you had you had Bud Lepree, one of the linebackers, getting two pairs of Jordan cleats and then thanked Le'Veon Bell. He essentially said, appreciate the cleat. He said, appreciate the cleats, my guy. I wish you success. How do you wish somebody success but then steal their stuff? I have well, never in fairness, Le'Veon hadn't worn all that stuff. It's brand new from the beginning like, of the year. What are you doing? What are you doing? Like, you had multiple play you had several Pittsburgh Steelers going through his locker and removing the nameplate off his locker. Right. You had which I mean I get Le'Veon Bell was probably not going to be allowed back into that locker room because there were multiple different offensive linemen who just tore into him and even head coach Mike Tomlin tore into him and said we don't need um we don't need we need people who are going to be playing for us so I get he's probably not going to be back in that locker room but nah bro really Steelers players you're going to steal you're just like literally, you're just gonna Pittsburgh literally Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. You literally stole this man's stuff. Which I mean, I get if he gets his money, he's going to be able to recoup that back. But nah, bro, you really just stole your man's stuff. That's not and that, and Jordans don't aren't. Exp- they're not cheap. They're not cheap at all. <laughs> so I mean, you're looking at hundreds, man. You're looking at hundreds of dollars in cleats that you just decided to take which i mean what if they don't even fit you what are you gonna do that like there's so many different nah bro nah bro all right so my nah bro this week and you reminded me of this one so (laughs) i'm gonna tell you the story of former criminal justice major kawan platt (laughs) now young mr platt (laughs) is a junior at fitchburg state Mm. And I didn't even know where Fitchburg State was until this story. He's a, <laughs> he's a he was a guard. He's a six four guard, only a junior, and he seemed like he was having a pretty solid year. I'm not sure about his his final stat line, but he's he's scoring. Uh, he's their the fact he's their leading scorer at 21.3 points per game. Okay, so that's that's, that's a huge blow. So uh, if <laughs> blow if, literally. <laughs> That was the joke, man. Now, if, if anybody saw this video that's been circulating over Twitter a few over the last few days, uh, Mr. Platt just uh, walked over to to one of the opposing players, which I'm not sure what school they the other the opposing team is, but 
after the the wingman there fires his three pointer from the corner, Platt just decks him, just <laughs> fucking nails him in the face. Oh my god! And we're just watching it on loop right now. It looks worse every time. He literally did an MMA elbow, just swung into him, dude. Dude, like it took him <laughs> off of his feet. Like that. That was that was the punch to end all punches, man. That was just that was. That was brutal. Dana White and Vince McMahon need to offer him a contract right now. He needs to be offered a contract into either WWE or the WWE or UFC now. And so the reason I was saying Platt is a former guard at from uh, Fitchburg <laughs> is that he had, after the game he was kicked off of the basketball team and banned from Fitchburg's campus. <laughs> So this man is not only never going to play basketball again, but he literally is getting kicked out of a school where he was probably paying tuition if he wasn't on a scholarship or anything like that. Yeah. He's not getting his money back. Nope. So on top of that, schools are going to look at that. <laughs> Which means he's never... And this is a D3 school. It's not like it's D1... It, D3, when you're thinking about D3 schools, they really don't pay that much to athletics. They really look more towards academics than athletics. Like, you're, you are you weren't getting into a D1 school. You're definitely not getting into a D2 school. And now you can't even get to, like, your best bet is probably junior college. Yep. <laughs> if that. And so Fitchburg uh, replied on Twitter, The Fitchburg State community is appalled by the conduct displayed <laughs> during Tuesday night's home basketball game. The player involved has been indefinitely suspended from the team and is barred from campus effective immediately. And they continued on saying his behavior is antithetical to our community values and good sportsmanship. Fitchburg State does not tolerate behavior that violates those standards. The case is being reviewed at the student conduct level for consideration of further sanctions. So indefinitely suspended, according to OMG Facts, Brandon, who responded to that, indefinitely suspended does not count, it does not sound the same as permanently removed. Yeah. But he has been barred from campus. So uh, I think that he's pretty much like, effectively expelled. But you know what? Nah, bro. <laughs> Next time you want to fight, just punch your pillow when you get home, okay? This is the, do, do what any normal kid does and just go and punch a hole in your drywall. <laughs> <laughs> nah, <bro. laughs> but um, JD. Yes. Do you like Sour Patch Kids? I do love Sour Patch Kids. Well, gee, this might be for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. The final, the final Nabro is a collective Nabro. We just said, "What the hell?" Like I have never even heard. Oh my god! Do you want to take this one? You know, what? fine, fine. So, I like Sour Patch Kids. You like Sour Patch Kids. How do you feel about sour milk? No. Hell no. Okay, because they just made Sour Patch Kids cereal. Say it again for the people. Sour Patch Kids cereal. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> like, what the hell? Do you take the Sour Patch Kids and you just dump it in milk? Like, I'm just trying to figure out how this works. I, I'm, just, well, I'm looking for somebody to have responded, <laughs> saying that the cereal is actually edible. It's made by Post. Post, what is, what are you thinking? <laughs> we, do you, like, I don't, there are so many things that I have wrong with this on so that many different levels. That, that ain't it. What, bro, 
what on top of the fact that this is it's going to walmart walmart i get you're in for the low prices i get you're in for the family value i understand is that what they're in for? i don't know apparently they're in i'm for, pretty sure most people just go there so they can shop in their pajamas pretty much yeah and but apparently it's also for people who are high as hell because if you're <laughs> if you're if you're legitimately trying to make sour patch kids cereal what do you what walmart what are you doing what are you doing? Do, do, you, do you want to eat a sour cereal? No. No. Not even. And the tagline is sour than sweet. You mean to tell me that I'm going to have sour and sweet cereal mixed with milk? And I'm going to have that for breakfast? Are you out of your goddamn mind? Like, if I wanted sour than sweet, I would literally wait <laughs> until a week after my milk expires and I would just guzzle that, okay? Pretty much. Like, you're just... Oh, my God. I can't even... I can't even with this. I, I want to know if that if if this cereal makes your milk curdle. Are we sure this is not like a like an extremely early April Fool's joke? Uh, see, I I don't think I, so because this is just one of those things that seems too outlandish to be fake. I, I want to call post. I want to call post. I want to get a lawsuit. I mean, when when you have when you have verified accounts on Twitter tweeting out actual pictures of the cereal oh box, God. that's that's. That's it's, it's. I can't. It's going to be available if for those of you who are sick enough who want this damn cereal. Blake, do you like Sour Patch Kids? Oh yeah. Uh, okay. All right, he does. You want it on your cereal? No. All right then. All right then. For those of you who are sick bastards enough who want the cereal, it's going to be available at Walmart for a limited time only. The day after Christmas. The day after Christmas. Because that's what every single child wants. I hope to find that in my <laughs> stocking. Pretty much. Merry Christmas, Timmy. You know what? Here's what you get. You don't want an Xbox. You don't want an iPod. You want to rot your teeth. Yeah. With Sour Patch Kids cereal, you can... No. Nah, bro. This is not the way this works. Nah, bro. That ain't it, Chief. No. That ain't it. No. I just texted Chief. He said that ain't it. <laughs> that ain't it. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the podcast for today. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Blake, thank you for being our proverbial behind-the-glass guy. Uh, we'll be back with you next week. Yes, uh, we will. We'll be breaking down the Ravens' presumed loss against the Cincinnati. Let's Eagles. hope we get a win here. I we just need a win. So. We need uh, a win because, essentially, if we don't win, this might – and we'll probably talk about it, but is it time for a rebuild? Is it time – John Harbaugh has, always, has already been reported to possibly be out the door by the end of the season, so – uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that next week, depending on the outcome of this game. And uh, we'll bring you some more, some more awesome content. All right. So, J.D., thank you, and we'll be back again next week, guys. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to The yeah. Extra Point Show. Tune in again next week yeah. for more extra content. Boo. You know how we do.